Hello and welcome to Brave Hearts Rising, a podcast dedicated to the empaths, deep feelers and dreamers of the world. I'm your host Lisa Pascoe and in these episodes we explore what it takes to create a wholehearted life, one where you thrive from the inside out. Here we value diversity, compassion, creativity and kindness because we know that the world is a brighter, more fun place to be when you are free to show up as who you truly are, not just who the world wants you to be. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get on to today's episode. It's episode six and today I'm talking to the amazing drag king artist, Magic Dyke. What I absolutely love about him is how he uses his platform to teach people about self-love and acceptance. His work is all about uplifting and celebrating the LGBTQ community and is something I'm personally really grateful for. This was such a joy to record and in today's episode, we talk about so many juicy topics from self-love and honouring who you are, the power of looking within and building our own resilience, to also talking about the masks that we wear, mental health, and how easy it is to take on other people's labels if we're not careful, especially as empaths. There is so much grounded wisdom in this conversation, so get comfortable and enjoy the show. Hi Magic, I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Where are you joining me from today? I am in the suburbs of Maryland, but I call it Washington DC because no one else in the world knows where Maryland is. So I am in Washington DC. I love how technology is enabling us to connect with so many people all over the world. Because, you know, as I was saying to you earlier, this is impasse and introverts I think sometimes it can be hard to make connections with people um in that kind of chit chatty at a party way but like when you through social media and things you really get to see a side of people you wouldn't ordinarily see and it just it brings a sense of connection mm-hmm. and then being able to take that connection into actual human conversations is like really powerful which is part of why I'm doing the podcast so thank you so on Instagram you describe yourself as genderqueer and a drag king what does identity mean to you and how has it played out in your life so far identity for me it's unlearning what society and your parents have told you all your life as far as figuring out who you are and what feels right to you Mm -hmm. and for me that journey has been a whole lot of reflecting a lot of going inwards to try to figure out who I am at my core when there's no one else around. So to me, identity is how I show up in the world once I, you know, take the time to inquire about myself, with myself, by myself. Yeah. How did that play out growing up? Because I think growing up, especially when you don't fit into the kind of heterosexual norm, there's so much things come up. Like, how did you navigate that? Like, what what was that like for you? Um, I was born in Nairobi, Kenya, and I spent about 10 years of my life there and mm-hmm. while I was there I went to public school there so like we had cut hair we all wore uniforms so there wasn't really much identity there because it was uh-huh. just like we were all one okay. and then it wasn't until I came here to the United States when I realized like oh you know this is what girls wear this is what boys wear this is how girls hair is styled this is how boys hair is styled and at that time I had short hair I had like a buzz cut so I was like huh this is interesting. So it was a lot of trying to assimilate into the culture, yeah. which meant I was picking up a lot of what the other children were doing because 
you know, kids are kind of mean. So if you were dressing mm-hmm. funny, they would make fun of you. So a lot of my identity from jump, it was more so about, okay, let me just fit in. I have an accent already. Let me not stick out anymore. I'm already bald. You know, how can mm-hmm. I be as normal as possible? At the time, not knowing that there's no such thing as normal. This is, it was more so just like conforming myself to fit into the society that I was placed in. So growing up, my identity was always like, always about trying to conform, always trying to fit in. So I'm not like the the foreign kid who barely speaks English and dresses funny and has short mm-hmm. hair. You know, I was just trying to avoid getting made fun of. Yeah. So there was a lot of like trying to seek out answers like, okay, what's going to make me more likable? What's going to make me more normal? What's going to make me seem more American? And by yeah. the time I hit like my teen years, I was like, huh, this doesn't feel right. It feels like I'm wearing a mask. It feels like I'm wearing like a costume. It doesn't feel like faith, you know, which is my outside name when I'm not magic I'm faith so I was like this doesn't feel like me and it's you know when you have that like tug of war in between yourself you're like okay so if this is not me then who am I you know and I think it was around high school senior year when I was like okay I don't like these tight fitting clothes I don't like dressing like a girl you know so that's when I started experimenting as far as with what feels right to me so when I started high school that's when I started experimenting with myself as far as figuring out what feels right to me so I changed up what I wore I changed up how I presented in the world I changed up my look I cut my hair at the time my mom was not happy about it and you know the whole high school bully thing as far as people calling you a dyke people calling you a lesbian people calling you like names trying to label you and I was a very quiet introverted kid so I let people label me I let everyone else decide you know, how they wanted to interpret me. And I was like, well, I don't really have the vocabulary at the moment to describe everything. But I was like, sure, if I look like a lesbian, I must be a lesbian. You know, if I act like a lesbian, I don't like men. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was like, you know, lesbian is what fit right to me. Yeah. And as far as navigating the world, most of my like adolescence, teenage years, and my young adulthood was more so just letting people label me and letting people decide what I was, who I was. And then... I want to say when I got out of high school is when I was like, "Mm, let me take a little bit more control. So slowly, it was a lot of me trying to regain that power that I've given away all my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, I know that I set the rules to my life. I know that I identify as what feels right to me without any influence of anyone around me. So it's been, to me, identity is about regaining the power to make the rules in your own life. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's a a lovely answer as a young person it's it's brave to start doing that and to start experimenting when you know you're going to attract unwanted attention negative attention kind of what gave you the strength inside of you to start questioning things and start connecting with your power it was getting sick and tired of putting on an act you know mm-hmm. getting sick and tired of pretending to be someone it was just a whole lot of like frustration with myself because as an introvert I just naturally just take the back seat to everything and when it comes to my own life I just let everyone else around me make the rules to the point where I was just like really really depressed and just really antisocial because I was like I'd rather stay in my room all day long stay in my room over the weekends and not go out with my friends because it's like it doesn't feel fun you know being out in the world is no fun when you just feel like a lost you know a lost puppy mm-hmm. so what gave me the drive to start taking a hold of my own life was just me getting sick and tired of being someone that I wasn't. 
Okay, thank you. Because I just know that so many people listening will kind of relate to the kind of taking on other people's labels, to having kind of some kind of mask, and it does become tiring. And it and it's that disconnection you feel with yourself because then every decision you make in your life isn't coming from you and it just takes you down a path of unhappiness and poor mental health if you're not careful, which is why it's so important for us to connect with ourselves. But it's not easy. It's really not easy because it just feels scary. And also, I think for a lot of people, they don't know where to start because you know you go through the treadmill of like school maybe university or a job or you know relationships and it's only when you wake up one day and you you kind of don't recognize either the life that you're in or the person looking back at you in the mirror that you think okay but then I do think there's that fear that if you show up a hundred percent as you and then people don't like you then where do you go from that (laughs) Right. And I think the important thing is realizing that whether people like you or not has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with themselves. Yes. So I know when it comes to identity, you know, that's when you really figure out who's truly in your corner. Because the more you discover yourself, the more true you become to yourself, the more the people that were in love with the mask, the more they fall away. Mm-hmm. So when you start having people not like you or start questioning you or start making you feel like you're doing something wrong, you have to realize that they were they're talking about the mask. They're trying to keep the mask there because it's convenient to them. You mm-hmm. know, it's what they relate to. And at the, at the end of the day, I feel like the people that, are, that see you are going to love you regardless of what point of your journey that you're in. And that's a lesson that <laughs> took me a while to learn, but I sure did learn it because I feel like we go through the same cycles and the same themes as far as mourning or there's certain lessons that the universe just keeps replaying and replaying and replaying because we're on this never-ending journey of discovering ourselves. It, it involves other people and other people's reactions and emotions are never, ever, ever something that I'm in control of. When it comes mm-hmm. to myself and my identity, I don't let anyone influence me anymore. And when you get to that point, that's when you realize that like, that's where true freedom lies. When yeah. you feel like you can show up in the world and if someone says, I don't like it, it's like, well... I just got to shrug and keep it going because I like myself. So whether other people like me or not is really not a factor. And that is something I really love about you and your Instagram is just how you show up as you. And it's like, it's like watching like a bright light, you know, that sparks, well, in me it sparks joy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I know, but it's true because it just like when you're dancing, I can feel as an empath, Empath to empath, I can feel that joy, even via a telephone. I, I can dance. <laughs> you know, oh I'll see you dance. <laughs> I can dance. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I just, I love that. Because then, who knows, someone might see me dance, and it's that ripple effect that's so mm-hmm. magical, I think. And um, I just, just more than anything, want us all to create a world where we kind of shine from the inside out. And that doesn't have to involve wigs and beards but it can but it's like just saying like if you want to be yourself and that feels understated that's okay too because like I like to wear a wig sometimes and people might think like well I need to do that to to really shine but it's like you can shine in any ways and it's it's kind of shining a light onto different parts of the world and such showing what's possible to other people 
and I've also loved that following kind of your story for me is because growing up I always wanted to be like an I always wanted to be a drag queen because mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought like when I was small obviously RuPaul was really the only big drag queen in the 90s that I saw and I always thought that like you know she makes a more glamorous woman than I do mm-hmm. <laughs> And where I'm going with this, basically, is that in my head, drag was very fixed around, you know, men wear amazing dresses and high heels. And then you've got the drag kings who dress up as men. And in my head, I don't really want to be either. But that doesn't mean I don't have that. That's something within me that would love the chance to just dress up in some kind of, I don't know, extravagant, wild, I don't know, fun way and just be me if that makes sense it does but there aren't always that many places to do it if you don't know where to go my point is seeing you do your thing again it makes me feel like permission to do my thing so that feels exciting (laughs) (laughs) who knows where that seed will land so thank you for that and I think that's just an important message for all of us because I think as empaths and it's something I say often we can get so wrapped up in our emotions and like Mm -hmm. the mental health side of things because we're taking on energies we're not looking after our boundaries it just becomes really draining um and there is no energy left for doing the things that really kind of bring us alive and then that takes away our ability to really create change in the world and i would like to reverse that so flowing on from the conversation around identity and it's something I talked about the other day with some women in my online group. How does identity differ from honoring your truth? What is the relationship between those? I think honoring your truth ties into your identity Mm -hmm. because it's like, to me, I speak about my truth like a journey because there's like, there's no end point. You know, there's no destination that I'm going to. Like this journey is something that I'm going to be going through until the day that I'm no longer here on this earth. So it's like, in my identity, it's, I give myself the same space that I give myself with everything else to discover myself. There's this open window. And once you jump out of that window, it's like, you see the possibilities Mm -hmm. when it comes to truth, when it comes to like your beliefs, when it comes to just what it is that you thought you knew about the world, you find out that it's very, very small yeah once you step out into like the world of possibilities and that's the same thing with my identity it's like once I stepped out into the world of possibilities I was like whoa there's a lot yeah (laughs) you know and the more I put myself in spaces with other people who are doing the same thing as far as giving themselves that freedom that liberty to truly discover their true self the more I Mm -hmm. the more I see the different language the more the vocabulary increases the more I'm just like whoa what does this mean what does this mean you know what about this and then as always with everything else, like as far as my truth, it's what resonates is what's true to me, you know, Mm -hmm. because we all have that internal guide. We all have that intuition, that little voice in our, in our heart, in our minds where it's like, huh, when you see something new, it's like your body and your mind will either reject the new knowledge or embrace it. And a lot of people already are in this automatic mode of reject what you don't know. If it doesn't make sense to you, they just reject it. But there's a lot of other people who are more free-minded. It's once like when they're presented with new knowledge, it's like you give yourself the space to just sit, digest it, try to figure it out. I'm like, does this feel true to me? You know, when you no longer have that fear of judgment, you mm-hmm. don't really 
hold back when it comes to discovering your true self, when it comes to discovering your true identity, when it comes to finding ways that fit your world and the external world. So I think finding your identity and finding your truth, to me, the journey is very similar. And it's something that I will probably be on for the rest of my life because I'm pretty sure by the time, like 10 years from now, there mm-hmm. might be a new word. There might be some new idea that will be true at that point, you know. But at the end of the day, it's always about what resonates within you and within like your mind, body, soul. Because no one knows you more than you know yourself. So no one else can tell you your truth and no one else can tell you your identity. It's so true. And yet I, it's such a natural tendency, it feels at the moment, to constantly be seeking outside of ourselves because there's so much information everywhere um, and so many people ready to tell you how to do things. <laughs> oh yeah definitely a lot of that and as empaths it can be really easy to be a chameleon like you know you pick up on other people's stuff and i think building up your resilience and giving yourself that space to really be able to connect is so important otherwise we do and it feels easier too doesn't it if you go to someone else and be like well what do you think i should do or like how do you Mm -hmm. think this is best because then you're not taking ownership there's no responsibility there it's just like well they said so you know uh, so when things don't work out, it's easier to blame someone else. So you're like, well, it's their fault. They told me that this was the way to take, you know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of fear when it comes to like sitting in the driver's seat of your own car. Cause now you got to decide where you're going. You got to decide where to turn. You have to decide where to stop the cars. You know, I think a lot of people want control, but they also fear what that looks like because it's something that they've never had. That's where I was because I was like, when everyone else made the de- decisions, I just <laughs> laid in my room and just you know, stay to myself. So I didn't, I didn't really care. But now that I'm in the driver's seat, I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, this is me <laughs> now in the world. This is me now facing the judgment. This is me facing other people's emotions. And as an empath, it's like other people's emotions really, really, really affect you. Like when people are like crying, telling you that like, and by people, I mean, mostly my family, <laughs> like telling you, oh no, this is, we don't like this. You know, why do you have to do that? Why do you have to put on a beard? Why are you taking off your clothes in public? You know, when they're going through the motions of trying to digest what a drag king is. And it took them a while to come around, but dealing with their emotions was a lot. And it really affected a large chunk of the last few years. So what has kept you going through the hard times over the last few years when things have gotten difficult? It is my desire to just live a life worth living. Because since the beginning of time, like I've always been fascinated with how immortal we are no one's going to make it out of here alive Mm -hmm. we're all going to die at some point and I obsessed with that (laughs) that idea for some time like the other day I put in my story how I used to like pick out my coffins I used to like tell my mom like hey when I die can you cremate me and like throw me over the ocean or something the fact that I was thinking about my death or like the physical death in such a at such an early age to me I was like are you really ready to die? You talk about death like it's nothing. You have a whole life. You have a soul in your body. You have a spirit. You have, you know, desires. You have these dreams. You have all these things. But your focus is what's going to happen to your body when you're no longer here. So like once I was like, huh, you know, maybe this might not be the healthiest thing. I've never had like suicidal moments that were like intense. I've had just the thought of like, I don't want to be here. And I I can't speak for all empaths, but sometimes it feels like this world is very, not sometimes, this world is chaotic. 
yeah. and sometimes the emotions the feeling of taking on everyone else's emotions taking on the state of this you know your country's emotions taking on the state of your workplace emotions like everywhere I go it's just like everyone seems to be living a very miserable life I just got to a point where I was like I don't want to live a miserable life if I'm gonna be here I'm gonna make this like the best ride ever and that's when I was really giving myself permission it's like it's okay to be different you're gonna die anyway so fuck it why why do you want to die being like everyone else why do you want to die living a fake life like why do you want to put on this mask of of conformity when you can just be yourself and show up in the world so like the times where I feel like I don't want to do this anymore because it does get exhausting trying to be you know magic dyke or being out in the world in general regardless of who it is that I'm showing up as it's exhausting navigating other people's emotions is exhausting but that's what we need in order to like maintain healthy relationships in our lives when I feel like this this whole thing is is annoying I don't want to be here anymore I have to remind myself that hey you're still here your soul your mind your body have to be connected in order for you to be happy so I'm learning how to find ways to keep myself aligned how to keep myself centered so when I do get off balance and I'm just like nah fuck all of this shit you know I'm like wait (laughs) no just go inwards retreat go take care of yourself go look at you know what it is that's disturbing you and then remove it solve the problem and then show up in the world as yourself and then keep trying to reach for the things that make you happy just keep doing things that bring joy to your to your world i love that thank you there is quite the myth around introverts that we are very quiet and recluse and not very outgoing but then if people looked at your instagram they wouldn't necessarily (laughs) if they just looked at the pictures and didn't watch your stories like they would think that you were really extroverted they were making assumptions Mm-hmm. energetically like how do you manage being this kind of big presence mm-hmm. on a stage and doing shows how do you manage that it's hard to describe that feeling that you get inside but it's when I'm out in the world as magic like when I'm on a stage I go into my own world you know when the, as soon as the music cuts on it's like the anxiety walks out the door this cool little trick i'm like why can't you do that in every other situation (laughs) if you could teach that that would be epic (laughs) once i figure out the formula i will let the Uh world know but it's like when the music comes on when the lights are in front of you and when you're doing things that bring you joy you just get lost in your own world and sometimes i forget that i'm in front of people like because this is the things that i do when i'm in a house these are the things that i've done growing up like this dancing in the mirror turning on your music all the way up and just losing yourself in whatever emotion that music is you know carrying because it's like I am an introvert like when I'm not magic like on stage when I'm off stage it's it's a different type of energy you know because people still perceive me one way because they just everyone has their idea of who I am Mm -hmm. so a lot of times they think this is that ultra sexy ultra cocky ultra confident whatever they see on stage they just carry that with them off the stage but in my world I'm like well, now that I'm off stage, you know, let's go out there and make friends, you know, don't be awkward, don't be shy, like, the things that are going on in my head, it's like, just be casual magic, just be normal, (laughs) he's so like you, you know, so this whole dialogue that no one sees, but on the outside, it looks one way, but on the inside, it's like me talking to myself, overcoming my fears, overcoming, like, these narratives that I've clung on to all my life, 
yeah. like being that shy, awkward kid, you know, it's still embedded somewhere in my brain. So when I'm in situations where it's just me and you, you know, there's no music to my life. I don't walk out and like, just keep dancing as mm-hmm. I'm trying to talk to people. The human connection aspect of like the performance world. I still have to talk to myself. I have still have to like give myself little like affirmations as I'm stepping off stage or as I'm getting ready to interact with the people. I know that it's hard for people to believe that like, huh, how are you still shy and awkward when you just did this, you just did that, you just, (laughs) and I'm like, well, the music was on, I was in a whole nother world, and now the music stopped, I am back in my world. I can relate to that. I was always the person who will dance on the dance floor, regardless if other people are dancing, if I like the song, and the whole world just kind of disappears, and it's just you and that song, Mm -hmm. and that movement, I think it comes back to the whole, like, living and honoring your truth part, because I think there was just things, like, kind of deep within us that just are us and so when we step into that it feels really good (laughs) but it's also why I'm really interested in like the alter egos as well and creating characters for ourselves generally because I think they're really powerful ways to explore your identity because we're all made up of all the different parts of ourselves the scared part the the part that has ambitions, the daydreaming part, just all these different parts. They all have different ages and different things. But ultimately, they all want us to be happy. And alter egos or drag, the different things, like playing around with different parts can just help you discover strengths you didn't know about, um, talents, just the things that bring you joy and open up entire possibilities. It was what you were saying about earlier, like when you just throw out the rule book, and just step into that world, it becomes magical. It does. Talking about kind of the energetic side of things, you've talked about the picking up of everybody else's energy. So how do you navigate boundaries? So this is something that I'm currently still working on, like as Mm -hmm. far as knowing my boundary, speaking up and enforcing that boundary. Because as someone who has grown up caring a whole lot how other people feel it's like when you put up a boundary sometimes you feel like the other person is gonna take it a certain way Mm -hmm. like if that makes sense yeah 100 (laughs) percent. i've worked with a lot of empaths it's a theme okay so (laughs) i'm in the process of getting stronger with like boundary enforcement in my day-to-day life and in my drag life but what that looks like to me is understanding what limit you don't want to pass as far as like the relationships, as far as, you know, my emotional state, as far as like my mental state, there's a lot of figuring out where I draw the lines on certain things. There are many, many ways of enforcing a boundary. Sometimes it's more so about removing yourself from a situation when you feel like this is no longer serving. You know, if I feel like this is impacting my mind or body or spirit in a way that is not the best for me, it's understanding that it's okay if it's no longer if it's no longer working for you you can remove yourself you don't have to sit here and over explain you don't have to sit here and feel bad that people are no longer part of your life because you had to put up a certain boundary you had to say no to something you had to say no to the mistreatment you know you had to say no to being walked all over you or you had to say no to people's like behaviors and things that don't really align with who you are So to me, boundary setting is about knowing yourself, knowing what you can and can't tolerate, and then finding ways to enforce those things. Because it's like, if you want to have a happy life, if you want to have a life 
that you're in control of. Taking control means you know your limits. You know what it takes for you to be emotionally happy, to be spiritually happy, or to be, you know, mentally in alignment. So it's a lot of finding ways that work for you. Boundary setting is very different for everyone. For some people, it's, you know, talking it out. Some people don't like conflict, so they find other ways to, you know, express themselves and to set their boundaries with as minimal conflict as possible. Sometimes those things aren't in your control and you just have to fully remove yourself from a situation. So it looks different for for everyone, but it's something that's very important as people who are energetically, you know, sensitive. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that in terms of it, it is different for everyone. And I think we can forget that sometimes. And I think we can also be really hard on ourselves for not doing it well enough or you know, being like a pro at boundary. Sometimes it's just people are difficult. Things get messy. Um, it's just doing the right thing in the moment for you as best you can. In all of this, how has self-love played a part in your discovering you, becoming and setting boundaries just how has it played out self-love is at the core of everything that i do so it's loving yourself means what's good for your love like if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's like i love myself and i put myself first i give myself permission to fall in love with the being the body all things that are you know part of me so when I say yes to something that I really wanted to say no to, that's a violation of my own boundary. I am allowing someone else's emotions to dictate how I navigate the world. So if I say no to myself and say yes to someone else, it's like that self-love meter will be like, beep, 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 you know, something's wrong here. You know, you don't want to put yourself in a situation. You know, you don't really want to go out. So why is it that you're not prioritizing yourself? You're not prioritizing your emotions. So self-love to me is really at the core of identity. It's giving yourself that permission to really figure out who you are, not for anyone else, but for yourself, because you love yourself and you want to find ways to be in this world and to feel like, you know, everything about you is in alignment with the type of life that you desire. What would you say to someone who currently doesn't really love themselves probably struggles to like themselves but still wants to kind of develop that relationship they they want to feel better about how they feel about themselves but it feels hard and it feels confronting like what what would you say to them I would say that in order for you to truly love yourself you have to first there's a lot of like self-investigation there's a lot of self-discovery there's a lot of self-inquiry figure out what it is that's making you not love yourself in this moment journaling helped me a lot when I was battling with a whole lot, you know, writing down your emotions. Sometimes it's hard to talk to someone. Sometimes we don't have resources to get a therapist. We don't have, you know, people to listen to us. So like in the days where I just hated myself, where I just hated everything about this life, where I just spent 90% of my day wishing I was like in a whole nother galaxy universe, you know, I just had to stop start figuring out what it is that makes made me feel that way. So writing it down. There's a lot of unpacking and there's a whole lot of just truly, truly going inwards. If you want to love yourself, you have to start somewhere. And everyone's starting point is different. But at the core of all of it, it's figuring out what it is that's stopping you from loving yourself right now. Because 
I think for a lot of LGBTQ plus folks, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of childhood trauma. There's a lot of denial from the world. There's a lot of, you know, rejection. There's a, there are a lot of feelings, a lot of heavy emotions that we've carried from the point that we were old enough to understand yeah. what emotions are. So when you carry those things for a very long time, they become a part of you. They become so deeply like embedded in your body and in your system that you don't even know it's there until you start like going deep. And everything has a root. Every feeling has an emotion that's tied to it. Every emotion has a thought that's tied to it. Every thought that's in your brain was planted there by someone else because we're conditional animals. At the end of the day, we mm-hmm. learn from the world. There's no knowledge of ours that's truly ours. We learn from everyone else. So when you take the time to really investigate and find out, huh, where did this thought come from? Where did this feeling come from? Where did this, you know, you're sitting there trying to map out shit to get to the root core. And once you get to the root core, you're like, oh, that's a traumatic event that happened to me. This is the starting point of my self-hate you know this is a starting point for this and for a lot of us like as far as like our mental health there's a lot a lot 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 that does that's connected to how we grew up and for some of us it's not connected to how we grew up it's just the chemical imbalances so it's like there's a lot and each situation is different but what I would urge everyone to do is really take the time to sit with yourself and give yourself the permission to be honest with yourself You know, Mm -hmm. I have a journal that I literally, the first page, I had to write the intention for this journal. I was like, this is my safe space. This -hmm. is where I come to talk to myself. I give myself the freedom to feel everything, to talk about everything. There's no judgment here. So you have to give yourself that space to like, if you feel angry, you have to be able to say, I am angry. I am hurt. I am frustrated. I am sad. You know, just naming the feeling and then going inwards. It's like, okay, well, what is the self-hate? I hate myself today. I don't like how this, 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 that. Like just giving yourself that freedom to turn the thoughts into a physical thing. Yeah. And it's really helped me a lot as far as like just getting it out. Because it's easy to unpack when you get it out. But when you don't unpack it, it's like you're just going in circles and circles and circles. The more you repeat something, the more it becomes your truth. Yeah. So if I start saying I hate myself and then I continue saying I hate myself every single day, I'm going to be looking at myself in the mirror saying, I hate myself. I'm going to be navigating the world saying, I hate myself. So self-love is a lot of unpacking, unlearning, going deep within, and really, really inquiring about what's stopping you from truly loving yourself. Should say the case agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like once you figure out, you know, what's standing in your way, then you can start that journey to overcoming yeah no I really love that answer there's so much in there and I love the idea with the journal I think journaling is really helpful but I think just naming it as a safe space Mm -hmm. consciously is really powerful thank you and one question I love to ask is how would you like the world to be different as a result of your having been here I would like to inspire people to live their lives authentically you know my hope with everything that I do is to show people the possibilities, especially like queer folks, people of color, black queers, especially the people that live at the intersection of many identities. It's hard to be yourself in a world that's out to get you in a sense. So living your life authentically means giving yourself the permission to exist as you are. And in some cases, some of us don't have the, the privilege of being out. Some of us don't have the privilege of 
dressing in drag. Some of us don't have the privilege of dating who we want to date without it being like a secret. We don't have that. And I speak mostly to my African communities because there's still a whole lot happening in the other world when it comes to the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. and the amount of pain that people endure just for simply being themselves and the amount of torture and so many things that people go through just for existing as they are. So it gets kind of hard. It's, it's discouraging when you see the whole world trying to just say that you're this thing, that there's something wrong with you. But when you give yourself the permission to just exist internally, knowing that you're valid, knowing that you're here for a reason and that you are loved. And just because the people there might make you feel a certain way, there's a larger community that embraces you. A lot of the things that I do online is to show other people like, hey, you don't have someone to talk to, but you can talk to me in a way that's, I try my best to give people the space as much as I can emotionally afford to, to just come to me and talk to me. And it's important for us to be there for one another, especially in this community. Like, because there's a lot of problems even within the community, but if love and understanding are at the core of the community, then it's that there's someone here to embrace you and there's someone out there to embrace you. So I would hope that, you know, by the time that I leave this earth, I would have created some sense of belonging to some some person who felt like they didn't really belong in this world thank you that's a beautiful answer and i feel like you're already doing that thank you finally i'm going to ask you a few questions that i ask each of my guests so to start what are you most grateful for right now i am grateful for the love and the relationships in my life right now and what is one of your favorite ways to practice self-care taking time to myself and finding ways to completely disconnect from the world. And that's looks like a lot of nature time for me. So that's what my self-care, like greatest self-care is going Mm -hmm. hiking, sitting in the woods, sitting by a river, you know, Mm -hmm. connecting Mm -hmm. with nature. Um, Who is inspiring you right now? I have a lot of people. Let me see. (laughs) I have India Moore, who is an activist and among many other great things and there are see Brooklyn Wright that is black business owner who I just look up to because they talk a lot about financial freedom and that's something Mm -hmm. that I think we all aspire to gain and seeing someone who looks like you doing something gives you that you know that permission to be like huh this is a possibility for me my mom is a very big source of inspiration for me because she has been the hardest worker that I've ever (laughs) ever ever met in my life and that really keeps me going because I want to get to a point where I can repay her for the amount of hard labor that she has done to take care of me and my sister Mm -hmm. thank you um tell us about a book that's transformed your life the four agreements okay it's really transformed my life and it's it was pretty much laid the foundation for a lot of the beliefs that I have now Okay. So it's a book that I would highly recommend to anyone who has not read it yet. What was like your takeaway from that book? Uh, oh, there were so many. But the main one, the main takeaway was things aren't personal. Like don't take anything personally. So it's like as far as going through the world and, you know, navigating the world and having to feel everyone else's emotions surrounding your own actions and having to feel people like, reject you or love you or hate you or whatever they might feel towards you learning that huh it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with themselves people only see you as they see themselves so understanding that even if someone is directly looking at you and talking to you 
they're talking to the person that they think you are, which is all made up in their minds, if that makes sense. hundred percent. And as a follow-up, is that something that's helped you kind of in the online world? Because I imagine you do get some negativity on social. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Again, as a side note, how do you deal with negativity online? Oh, I delete everything. <laughs> I think at first it used to hurt a lot and I used to engage, but then I realized, I was like, wait a minute, there is a delete button. There is a block button. I can really activate this boundary right now because if someone is coming at you with attacks, they have no intention of talking to you. It's not up to you to figure out what their intentions are because people have a lot of keyboard warrior mentality when it comes to like when I see something I don't like because there are people who have questioned my identity in a way that was respectful and then I engaged with them because the intention was inquiring about something that was new to them you know I can show them resources I can talk to them about my experience I, I have the choice of how I handle them so when I see a hateful comment when I see something like being like oh this is disgusting you people are the reason why the world is like you know going to flames or something I'm like okay delete you know and understand, understanding that this person's world is not the same as my world. And even though they might come here and say these things, they don't even know me. So I don't really give anyone that power to decide how I feel. So there's a lot of deleting and blocking negativity. Thank you. I think that is just a really powerful to remember that when someone is coming at you to attack you, like their intention isn't to have a conversation. So why are you giving up your energy? to that Mm -hmm. in any kind of form so you're right hit delete move on and I think there can be just that thing as that empath who wants to change the world you almost want to find a way of making it better but it's not your responsibility to save the world all the time (laughs) exactly thank you I think that was important to highlight and then finally if you could tell the listeners one thing what would it be it would be that you're valid just as you are You deserve to be loved. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, you deserve your self-love. So give yourself the permission to love yourself. Give yourself the permission to inquire without judgment. Give yourself the permission to truly unlearn, unmask, and sit with the person that you discover and find ways to embrace that person. And before you go, what are you currently working on and how can listeners find out more about you and your current work? I am currently getting ready for my performances in May and June. I took a little break, but I will be back out in the world doing drag. And a lot of my work is online. So if you just follow Magic Dyke on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, you can see all the things that I'm doing. And you can get a whole lot of (laughs) magical shit on your timeline. A lot of ass shaking and titties. So you can follow me just to see where I'll be next. Yeah. a lot of places <laughs> yeah exactly and you are coming to the uk and um, i just wanted to highlight that and that is coming up in august at the cocoa butter club yes yes so mm-hmm. once everything is confirmed about my uk stay i will be sure to let the world know because i am excited to meet my you know my chosen fam from over there there's a yeah. lot of people that i'm so excited to to finally be face to face with and i would love to see anyone who's listening now there <laughs> cool thank you so much for being on the show today i really love talking to you thank you for listening to the brave hearts rising podcast i really hope you enjoyed today's episode for more information about the topics discussed and links mentioned please go to www.lisapasco.com forward slash brave hearts rising 
As always, I'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, comments or questions, please do email me, lisa at lisapasco.com. Remember, be kind to yourself and have a wonderful week. Bye.